Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we talk about the food that you put in your mouth, and everything else that nourishes you, or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. Hello, my guest today is Pam Holland of Mindful Decluttering and Organizing. She's the founder, owner, and chief bottle washer, love that, of a professional home organizing and productivity business, Mindful Decluttering and Organizing. Since 2005, Pam has delighted in helping folks in transition free themselves from physical, mental, and psychological clutter so that their productivity and creativity can grow and flourish. Her services include virtual organizing, time transformation services, and her one-of-a-kind Declutter Your Life membership program. Oh, and that just grabbed me, time transformation services. We're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so welcome, Pam. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. So you've been warned. My first question is always the same. In my work as a health coach, I ask people to tell us so we can get to know you a little bit better. What's your kale and what's your kryptonite? What's your kale? What's the one thing you try to do every day because it is so nourishing? And what's your kryptonite? What's the one thing you know is not great for you, but sometimes sneaks in? Yeah. Well, the kale is definitely being out in nature, you know, walking every morning, just came back from my walk. And, and you uh, live and also, in God's country. And so. also kale. I actually grew <laughs> some kale and just processed it and froze a bunch of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So real kale and walking out in nature. And I was yes, just saying yes. you live in, in Colorado, which is truly, yeah. in my opinion, God's country in terms of climate and, and just the physical environment. So gorgeous. Yeah, we love it. All right. <laughs> Confession time. Uh, my kryptonite is... Um, I would say just pushing myself too hard, sitting too long, sitting, you know, just end gaining, you know, trying to get to the end of many, many things. Mm. Um, so I used to use a timer and I think maybe I'll go back to that, you know, <laughs> yes. only, only sitting for, you know, 50 minutes, five yep. zero. Yeah. And then at least getting up and walking around and, and if I need to come back. Yeah, I, I recently heard that referred to as a desk sentence when you when you spend <laughs> much time at your desk. Like I totally relate. You could you could spend way too much time there. All right, great. So tell us what it is you you do and how you came to do it. Well, I'll start with how I came to do it. Um I was between jobs. This was like 16 years ago now. And I walked every morning with a good friend. I lived in Maryland then. And I was trying to determine what to do with myself. And she said, I think you should organize people. Now, this was in 2005. This was pre-Marie Kondo, pre-Home Edit. You know, I was like, people get paid to do that. 
I know. I know. I always think if I weren't a coach, I might be an organizer. Yeah. And so, you know, long story short, I looked into it. There is indeed a very large national association, which I am currently a member of. And um, I just literally hung up flyers at the um, the co-op, a video store, and a popular restaurant in my hometown of Tacoma. Okay, people, video store, that's dating it, right? Yes, it's not there any longer. <laughs> um, I just hung up flyers and, you know, people called me. And can I tell you a quick story that's sort of funny? The first guy I worked with, um, I, see, I, I had... I had pain and so I couldn't really move things. So this was part of my crypt, part of my kryptonite too. Um, and I said to him, you know, do you need someone to coach you or do you need someone to lift things? Because I don't really do heavy lifting. And he said, well, I didn't expect Bruno, the organizer. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so that set me at my ease. That's great. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, so that's how you started, and uh, what what were you doing before that? Oh, well, let's see. My first job was um, writing manuals, software manuals, for a, um, a head, some headhunters, and um, I was an English major, um, and a teaching, and I had a teaching certificate, so I would also teach the clients how to use the software. That was my very first real job. And then um, I did some consulting in between, but then I worked for 10 years at the Mortgage Bankers Association in DC, also uh, helping people with computers. And to date myself, that was right when the IBM PC first came out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so nobody knew how to use it. Yeah. Nobody did. Yeah. And so I knew as much as anybody because I had used one. <laughs> and I'll bet that you have a very similar superpower, which is organizing and simplifying, right? You can, you can explain right. something. This is an intricate. Yeah. This is yeah. an intricate. That was the gift of not really knowing that much about it. I mean, I was reading the manuals. That was my, that was the only thing I was doing differently yeah. from the other people. Right. And I did have, I do have a bit of a gift for teaching and explaining, but literally you had to start with, this is an intricate. This yeah. is oh, I love that. That just reminds me so much of, of my my first job was teaching Mandarin Chinese, like go oh, figure, right? Yeah. And I taught at a private school and I had a lot of so-called legacy students, you know, a lot of Chinese-born American kids whose parents spoke Chinese at home. And so they spoke, you know, kitchen Chinese and they would come to my class and then parents weekend would come around and the parents would show up and be like, what the heck is a little white girl doing teaching my kid Chinese? And uh -huh. I said, you know, it actually is an advantage because yeah. I had to learn it. And so I can explain it. And my boss, who was an older Chinese gentleman, was always really frustrated because we taught the same material and my kids consistently did better on the tests. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, what the heck? And I said, well, you just think it makes sense. And it doesn't make sense to Americans. You have to explain it. <laughs> Well, and isn't that a lesson to our, our women entrepreneurs out there that you don't have to know it all. You have to be yes. one little tiny step. Yes, that's one so true. One little tiny step. 
you just have to be one the step people ahead. that you are serving. Yeah. And it makes you more relatable, especially when you're, you know, if, if you're in a, a health and wellness field, you know, so many coaches hesitate to start until they are, you know, mm, incredibly right. healthy and stick thin and, and whatever, but it's like, mm, that's not very relatable. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show me someone who's been on the same journey. Great. So when you think about your work and I, I know, First of all, I want to ask you, tell me more about this expression, time transformation services. Well, I don't like the word time management. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. We are going to geek out. Okay. Perfect. I'm not sure you can manage time. I mean, I mean, but we don't need to get into a whole philosophical thing there. But no, I we do. Just we like, do. <laughs> I we like... have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you doing yes. trying to manage them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, if you can transform your time, for one thing, it's so much more pleasant, isn't it? Yeah. To me, it is. Yeah. I mean, I think words are incredibly powerful. Yeah. Incredibly powerful. And um, so, you know, I, I like to help people transform their time so that it meets their values, their current reality, not their reality from many years ago, before they got married, before they had kids. You know, um, I just like to help people have a look, basically have a look at their schedules, uh, figure out what is uh, lighting them up or, or, or the things that they feel like they have to do. Yeah. Uh, do they really have to do them? Can they be done? That by should, people? right? Oh, I should yeah. be doing this. Should yeah. all over ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And- I absolutely uh, don't let people in my membership use that word. <laughs> I know I have so many clients who will say it and then they actually clap their hand over their mouth like I didn't mean it (laughs) because you know you could or you choose to that gives you so much more power yeah Yeah. should Mm. no bad energy Yeah. yeah so I always like to say that you know thinking about time transforming your time I love that expression I haven't haven't heard that before but I I think about it more as where where are you investing your energy rather than where you're spending your time mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that that one of your one of your other uh teachings is about the energetic effects of clutter so let's dig yeah. into that tell me what you mean by the energetic effects of clutter Well, you know, I think that anybody who has ever like taken a load of things to the thrift store and paid attention to how that feels can get a a real life sense of what it's like to free up your energy, because I believe that each and every object in your home, in your car, in your purse, in your briefcase, there's little tiny invisible strands of energy that tie us to those things. Now, if those are positive, like if I look over here at something that makes me smile, that lifts me up, that that brings me energy. If I go into a, a closet where I've been stuffing all the things I don't want to deal with, and I find something from Aunt Sally, who, who was always mean to me, but I feel like I ought to keep it because it's a family member gave it to me, then that is energy that I- There's your should. Oh, I should keep this. I should keep this. (laughs) And someone else could love that with no strings attached. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing I used to do. Even before I was an organizer, I had some, some, um, uh, these linen or no, it was woolens that I bought in Scotland. 
And I wore them to my job for a while. Then I left that job and they sat in my attic. Now, this is before I was a declutterer, declutterer or organizer. And I looked at them and I thought, I need to get these down to suited for change. You know, that's where they needed to go. They had to go there. They sat there. They sat there. They sat there. Finally, I looked at them and I thought, you know what? I'm taking them to the thrift store. The universe will get them to whoever needs them because I'm not doing it. Yeah. And they're going to get eaten up by moths if yeah. I leave them up here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I like to envision somebody else picking up that thing and, um, you know, loving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that idea about these little threads of energy that connect us. Um, I, I talk a lot about food energetics and people are always like, what the heck? You know? yeah, yeah. But I always think about, you know, how many people touched your food on its way to your plate? And every one of us, we're energetic beings. Yes. Every one of us touches something and puts our energy into it. So do you really want to eat the food that was picked by growers, you know, picked by, by migrant workers who couldn't afford to feed their families? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's something you can do about that. <laughs> so yeah, well, just the way that you eat it too. And yeah, I, I'm mindfully. very guilty of sort of wolfing it down. So I, I have, have worked to become more mindful about tasting every bite. Yeah. And then I find that I don't overeat quite as readily. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that in your, in your work, you probably work a lot with women and a lot of women in overwhelm. And like you said, there's an energe energetics question in there. You know, they have so much clutter that all this energy is, is doing something to them. <laughs> so yeah. what, what about your work specifically with women who are, are on their way to burnout? What do you notice they have in common? Well, um, a tendency to be very hard on themselves mm. and um, a reluctance to give themselves time to refresh and take care of themselves. Um, they're often taking care of their significant others, their family and and we want to do that, um, but not, you know, you know, it's the whole thing about um, you have to take care of yourself in order to really be able to take care of that other person. Well, and then it comes to the energy of it. If you do these tasks in your home or in your office and you're like the whole time you're doing it, you're thinking, why does anybody help me? Why am I the only one who ever does any of this? they're not going to want to come and help you. Mm, yeah. Whereas if, the energy that yeah, you're putting out, right? Yeah. If you can do it with love and uh, this is a gift. And then if you want support, ask for it yeah. <laughs> in a kind and loving way. Um, did I go off, off on a tangent? You did not go off on a tangent. No, that's perfect. That really says a lot about these women who are, are headed into burnout or are already there. Just this, this, I'm going to call it an inability to ask for help or to do it gracefully, yes. maybe 
Um, yes. the, and especially that reluctance to take care of themselves. I, I always say, you know, we, we put ourselves on the back burner and we put ourselves so far back there that we slide right off the stove. <laughs> and, and it's amazing morning, how sticky that is. You know, I'm yeah. an empty nester now. Like even my husband does not live in the same house as I do. And I noticed this summer when family was home with me, I, I just automatically started differing to, oh, this is how they want to eat. So I'm going to cook how they want to eat. And this is how they want to live and what their schedule is like. And I caught myself, I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I tell my clients to be really, really aware of. Absolutely. But as soon as it happens, you just slide right back into that. Yeah. 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 So what do you suppose all that comes from why do you think we put ourselves on the back burner and why are we so hard on ourselves i think a lot of it is cultural mm -hmm. um i mean i know that my mom did that uh, you know cultural or ancestral mm -hmm. um but you know i mean in the u.s we're we're lucky that um not every male in our lives thinks that we should be the ones to cook and clean. Yeah. I mean, my husband's fabulous. You know, he does more of the cleaning and cooking than I do, but that's, you know, not necessarily the norm. And I work with many people who are so afraid to, you know, upset or disturb their significant other, um, their spouse that, they they don't get what they need to get done mm. yeah yeah i was i was interested to hear that you said you know that the first person who contacted you when you hung up these flyers was a man uh oh, yeah. I, i'm curious to know uh is it just my imagination or is a large proportion of your clients made up of women yeah 98 percent of my clients really are that high yeah, but but and I have worked with a couple of really lovely men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they tend to be men who are self-aware and recognize, you know, that they well, and let me think. No, one of them what he was single that first one. So nobody else was going to do it for him. Yeah. Um and then I've worked with the, the other men that I've worked with, part of it has been about their relationships with their spouses that was creating the tension. Mm, yeah. And so I was able to work initially with just the man. And then ultimately I ended up with both of those couples doing a session with the two of them together. Yeah. Um, which is really where you need to go. If, if you're gonna get agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And they both oh. said it was better than therapy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think back to my own experience. I, I recently downsized from about 4,000 square feet to about 1,200. And uh, I will say that in part, it was made a lot easier by the fact that I was living by myself. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get rid of things that I thought were important to people. And there was a fair amount of stuff that I thought, okay, this can just go. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because when my kids came home for Christmas break last year, I said, okay, it's your last Christmas in Michigan. I know you have stuff you want to do, but there's one job you need to do and you need to create four piles, go through all your stuff. And then you're going to have the save, the donate, the trash. And, and, uh, what was the other one? Oh, and sell, like, mm -hmm. just make me four piles. And the pile that you're saving has to be the smallest. 
<laughs> That's fabulous. Have, Cause then they have agency and yes, you know, and it's I not have like you got rid of their stuff. Storage space in my condo. I'm talking none. Yeah. I don't have a basement. I don't have an attic that I can store stuff in. I have a garage that has a fair amount of stuff, you know, space in the front of it, but everything that I want to save are things like books, photos, and art. So how am I going to put any of that in a garage that's not climate controlled? Right. <laughs> so we ended up with a very decent amount of stuff. And then I will admit that my husband has something like 21 boxes of art books and about 10 of those really big art crates in my mom's basement. So I'm like, oh, we're going to have to get a storage space eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it is it is very different to um to declutter with someone and to declutter on your own. I know when my husband yeah. was home this this past summer, we went through all of our photographs, all of them. And he is a wonderful photographer, so he has lots and lots of them. And we finally decided, you know, negatives. Yeah. How many of these are we actually going to go back and use the negatives to create a print? You're yeah. not. So those yeah. all went, but it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Photos are, photos are very hard. Um, yeah. There's a lot of emotions attached to them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say that you work with folks in transition, tell me what sort of transition people are going through when they when they look for decluttering and organizing well moving is the perfect example you know yeah. moving is right up there on the top 10 list of stressful things no, tell and me about it. <laughs> uh, and then you know transitions like um divorce mm -hmm. uh death of a family member inheriting things mm. uh going back to school um starting a new job um, I'm probably missing some, but those are, those are some of the, that's so interesting. Starting a new job. Say more about that. Well, I mean, usually we have at least papers or books mm. associated with our old job. Yeah. And, uh, that's a part of our identity that we often don't want to let go of. Yeah. And same applies to school things too. You know, yeah. I, I was a, a biology major. Right. I was an English major. You know, can I really, I don't really want to let go yeah. of these things because I maybe really I'll do that, about that much someday, that a job you know? transition is, is actually a really, uh, a really big thing in terms of your stuff, because you would also a lot of times need to rethink your wardrobe as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's the biggest one. I would say moving and changes in relationships, yeah. um, you know, either divorce or the blending of families, mm. you know, when two yeah. adults get married and they've got, you know, two or three toasters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and in that, it was like that for my husband and I, I mean, we were, I was, you know, 35 when I got married. So yeah. We both already had plenty of stuff, you know. Same. Yeah, we had two completely furnished apartments that had to be then mashed together in one condo. And yeah, a lot of stuff went went away. <laughs> and some people can negotiate that really easily. Some people aren't attached to stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and other people can dig their heels in and create a tension that yeah. really, in my opinion, doesn't 
need to be there. I mean, it's just yeah. stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not particularly sentimental about stuff, I will admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, many, so many people are. Many yeah. people are. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've come to realize that it a lot of times it's only stuff. And I hope my mom's not listening, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you still love your mom. And... I love my mom. I don't necessarily need to love all the things that she thinks that, oh, wouldn't you like to have this? <laughs> and these days we can have, you know, just digital pictures. Yes. To remind us. I mean, that's the magic of, of this, this age, yeah. this digital age. You know, you can take a picture of if it's a dress that you loved or right. that you wear anymore. You can take a picture of yourself in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So uh, what about being an organizer and decluttering coach um, really disturbs and challenges you in your work? What are the things where you just think, oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it disturbs me when people really, really are unable to see how detrimental it is to hold on to certain things in their lives. And we have to, I have to be with them where they are. You know, I am my organizers. So we have to be with them where they are. And, you know, I have clients that it has taken years for them to be able to trust us to go through their papers. Mm. You know, they thought they had to put hands on every single paper. And there may be many, many boxes, file folder boxes full of these papers that have been moved from place to place. And it, it, it's hard when people can't accept support, I guess, mm. or feel too ashamed to ask for support. Oh yeah. Shame is a huge, huge player in this game, I think. And there's nothing to be ashamed of yeah. if you've accumulated stuff. Yeah. And, you know, particularly if it's stuff that you inherited you really had no say in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, maybe you're having a hard time getting rid of it, but that's not anything to beat yourself up about. Right. Right. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the work really astonishes and excites you? Well, it's exciting when people are able to move past, particularly the shame, particularly the shame um, and in my Declutter Your Life membership, that is what I love because the women support one another and they are willing to show each other their, the mess that they are get going through. Mm -hmm. um, and I had one client who I had worked with individually. She'd worked with another organizer and she still held just a huge amount of shame. Mm -hmm. And after she came to one of, this was actually a group course, after she started seeing these other intelligent, wonderful women who were struggling with similar issues, yeah. she was able to let go of so much of that. That's what I love is to love, to, I love to see people stop being so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And find a way, whether it's family members, professional organizer, a therapist, or a group group setting. Yeah. Um, but I particularly like the group setting because it's just so powerful to hear from other people 
who are struggling with the same thing you are. Right. It might be a different kind of object, Mm -hmm. but it's the same kind of um, self-talk. Yeah, and it it really reminds me so much of of health and wellness again, because very often we we convince ourselves that we are the only person who struggles with this. And it, yes. it's very isolating and it feels very alone. And then when you meet somebody who's who's struggling with the same thing, oh, I, I'm not completely alone. And this is not a, unusual in a bad way. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, Eliza, it is not unusual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, it is know. not at all unusual, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you know? yeah. So say more about the connection between decluttering and and wellness. How are they related? Well, you know, they're related in some sort of obvious ways, like you need you need paths and you need clear air to breathe and dust and things like that. But more than that, you know, and we have worked with many people just to clear a path so yeah. that they could get to their bed because they were having surgery. Yeah. You know, so at that level, there's, you know, just the 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 safety, safety aspects of it. But, you know, that's not true for everybody. That's that's true in certain cases. But um, the, it's mainly about the way you think about yourself, the way you talk to yourself and the way you relate to the objects in your home. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally, you would love or use most all of the objects in your home. Um, and you would not feel bad when you opened a closet or a guest room that's become a storage room, room. (laughs) you would not feel bad, you know, about yourself or, and you would, and you would know that you have within you the knowledge and the wisdom to make the right decisions. Sometimes you might just benefit from having support in tapping in mm. to that knowledge, mm-hmm. learning how to tap into that inner knowing. Yeah. Oh, I love you that. You feel yeah. it in your body. Mm-hmm. If you if you are aware, you you pick up an object and your shoulders clench up. Mm-hmm. There's something that's not serving you about that object, and you don't have to over you don't have to figure out what it is. Yeah. You don't have to analyze it. Mm. you can just say thank you i'm going to give you to someone who can appreciate (laughs) i'm going to let you go now (laughs) yeah 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 and some people like to do ritual around it um you know burn some sage or ring a bell Mm -hmm. um michael well michael spencer who we spoke about she she um did did a um Again, she was a guest expert for my membership and she talked about energy tools. Yeah. Using energy tools, crystals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Stuck energy. Right. Yeah. And I just I love how you were talking about physical reactions. Um we we so often don't think about that. You know, I, I really often try to get clients in touch with their intuition, that inner knowing. Mm-hmm. And I have so many women say to me, I'm not at all intuitive. It's like, oh yes, yeah. you are believe that you are and and there's this this you probably know about muscle testing uh-huh. but just this idea that your body intuitively knows what's for you and what isn't for you and i love that image of you know picking something out up and like your ears going into your shoulders like that's a pretty good sign right there or um, I, 
Yes, or your teeth fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, talking to a food intuitive named Lana Nelson, and she taught me this great thing called the sway test, where literally, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, and, and it has a lot to do with, um, I don't, do you know about psych K as well? Um, I am familiar with the term. I don't know that I've done yeah. psych K, but it's I am familiar with the, the sway test. sort of, of muscle yeah. testing that you know when something is for you and and it isn't. So if it's yeah. for you, you lean in, you're excited yeah. about it. And if, if you back away or make a face or put your hands up, it's not for you. And so often it's something like a request. Could you do this? And we think, oh God, no. And then we still say yes. You know? <laughs> right. Overruling that intuition instead of going with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It so. takes so much presence of mind. To yeah. listen to that intuition and how many times, you know, I know that I've like gone into the pool, wondered if I locked my car and, and, you know, not gone back out and then gone back out. And sure enough, I didn't lock my car. Yes, but you I always car. lock my car. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's know. Trusting that, trusting that uh, little, little voice that's saying, perhaps we should just check. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting because you mentioned, you know, self-talk about our stuff and our self-perception of ourselves, you know, like our perception of ourselves as someone who collects all this stuff that we may not necessarily need. But there's also that, that element of trust. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust mm -hmm. your intuition to make the decision and not second guess it? And so often we, you know, we have that, it, it's sort of like taking a test where you have this gut reaction you're like yep this is the answer and then you go back and you think mm, and you completely overthink it and get it wrong right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah so as we wrap up I want you to think about a particular audience so think about the women you work with who are overwhelmed and headed towards burnout if not already there pick an audience. It could be the women themselves. It could be their spouses, partners, bosses, coworkers, friends. Tell that audience what needs to happen to help these women deal with all their stuff. Well, I'm going to make it a little bit broad and just say family members, because it might be a mother. Mm -hmm. It might be an aunt. It might be, you know, it might be children, yeah. it might be a spouse, but um, the people, and I, I get this, they want to give their thing, their precious thing to someone that they love, to this woman that they love, and they want them to love it too. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very difficult for most of us to say, no, mom. Ooh, I what really, was that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but the lights are still on. The power's still on. Speaking uh, of energy, mom is listening. It's like a transformer or something. But uh, interesting. Um, um, so, uh, you know, I was just speaking with a client last week who whose mom is continuing. Her mom's decluttering. So mm -hmm. her mom's bringing her all the things, you know. Yeah. And she has not to date felt comfortable either getting rid of them or um, telling her mom not to bring them. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. She did actually get rid of some of them. Um, yeah. and, uh, but you know, I, I get it, you know, you're busy, 
people bring your mom brings you this stuff you don't want to get into an argument and you just say all right all right and then you stick it in your garage or your kid (laughs) and then you're going to kick the can down the road (laughs) and then you're wondering why in the heck did I do that and (laughs) so um, what would you say to these moms and aunts and and grandparents and I would say ask (laughs) yes sorry ask before donating yes yes Yeah. And that I think takes, and here I think is where the difficulty lies. I think there is a, there is perhaps a mindfulness gap uh, with, with generations uh, Mm -hmm. where, especially older generations where stuff was precious. Yes. Yes. And you, you can't imagine that someone else won't, won't feel the same way about it, but that, that, there, there's a gap in that, you know, they might not realize that you don't need that stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. and I, I did, my mom lived through the Great Depression mm-hmm. and my grandmother saved, cleaned every piece oh, of tin yeah. foil. Oh, yeah. You know, and she had 12 children, 12 mm-hmm. children during the Depression. And I picked up a lot of that too, you know, mm-hmm. like the rubber band, keep the rubber band, the rubber band goes here. Yeah. And I mean, that's okay to a point. Yep. As long as it doesn't take over your home. Yeah. You know, as long as the recycle containers don't take over your home. <laughs> yes. Oh, but I love that advice. Yes. Ask before you give stuff to somebody. My mom and, and know, I have a have a running joke, which is, what do you want for your birthday or Christmas or whatever? Please don't give me anything I have to dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things you can burn, drink, yeah. or uh what I forget the other one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that's wonderful advice. Okay. Well, so in closing, tell us, uh, first of all, I want to know, do you do any sort of virtual uh, decluttering organizing or is your virtual work uh, related mostly to programs and coaching? um, I do both. I do, you know, one-to-one virtual organizing over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing that before COVID, but COVID yeah. made people so much more comfortable yeah. with Zoom. And, you know, you can walk me around with your phone or with your computer, or yeah. you can send digital pictures in advance. And um, at first, when I first heard about it, I studied it before we moved to Colorado and I was like, I don't get it. I don't see how you could possibly do that. You yeah. need, I need to be there. But the thing about it, Liza, is it actually goes deeper than if I'm standing there moving things around for you. Because first of all, I need to ask you, why are you keeping that? Mm-hmm. And have you always kept it in that place? And mm-hmm. is that, a good, you know, is that a helpful place to have it? And, um, and they do the work. Yeah. So you get that body memory of I file this here Mm -hmm. or this goes here in the kitchen. So it's pretty fascinating and it's not right for every situation. Um, But, you know, in in my free consultations, I can help people determine whether the membership, virtual organizing um, or if they're in the D.C. metro area, I do have actual hands on organizers out there. but um so if somebody wanted to work with you how would how would they connect tell us where to find the website is clutterfreenow.com and i'll make sure that all of these are linked up but i want you to to tell us what it is that's available 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of free resources available. I have a very active blog. My blog was chosen as one of the best organizing blogs for the last several years, best 100 organizing blogs for about the last uh, three or four years. And so there's lots and lots and lots of free stuff. And uh, then if people want to get on my newsletter, they'll know about any specials or opportunities. Um, I've been doing a um, decluttering power hour once a month. I don't know if I'll continue that into the new year, um, but that's completely free. And then my membership is very affordable and I'm happy to, to talk to anybody about it. And there is information about it on the website as well. Great. And you're on all kinds of platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'll make sure to link you up in the show notes and highly, highly recommend if you're on LinkedIn. That's the only social media I'm on, so I don't know what you're doing on the other ones, but yeah. um, I, your your videos that you do there are so great. <laughs> so I always love watching I noticed those. one posted at 2 a.m. this morning. I'm not really sure exactly how that happened. Ah! <laughs> 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 who knows the gremlins are at work <laughs> but anyway yeah I try to keep them really short yes really short and to the point <laughs> yeah yep. I've really enjoyed those so I will make sure that all these things are linked up in the show notes and thank you so much for being with me today yeah thanks for having me thanks for listening Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.